Welcome to the Five Good Ideas podcast, where we rebroadcast some of the best sessions of Maytree's popular Lunch and Learn program. I'm your host, Gayatri Kumar, and I'm a communication specialist at Maytree. We're a Toronto-based organization committed to exploring solutions to poverty in Canada using a human rights approach. For each session of Five Good Ideas, we invite an expert from the nonprofit or corporate sector to share five practical ideas on a key management issue facing nonprofit organizations today. In the session you're about to hear, originally recorded on October 25th, 2018, we look at taking networking to the next level with our speaker, Emily Mills. Effective networking isn't just about who you know. It's about how you can exchange value with other people in meaningful ways. That's how you make connections that last. Emily's networking techniques have helped her build a virtual village of 10,000 diverse women and sell out networking events for almost a decade. In her presentation, she offers practical advice on how you can cultivate deeper relationships, tap into your network, and expand your personal and professional circle. Emily Mills is an award-winning senior communicator and the founder of How She Hustles, a network that connects diverse women through social media and events in Toronto. Previously, Emily was a senior communications officer at the CBC. In 2017, she created Her Story in Black, a digital photo series featuring 150 inspiring black women. She then successfully pitched that series to the CBC. Emily was a Civic Action Diversity Fellow in 2017, and in 2018, she was featured in the 100 Accomplished Black Canadian Women book. Here's Emily Mills with her five good ideas on taking networking to the next level. I'd like to start our conversation today by actually asking for your help. I'm going to pose a few questions and ask if you will put up your hand if my question resonates with you. Don't worry, it's nothing difficult. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. Does that sound okay? All right, here we go. How many people in this room came here alone today? Keep your hands up. How many people here today know absolutely no one in the room? How many people here today are a little nervous about networking? Mm, I saw some hands go up. Okay. So just by that one exercise, that was almost everyone in the room. The reason I asked you to do that was pretty simple. To show you that you're not alone. Most of the time when you walk into a room, there's either somebody who also walked into a room by themselves or also has a bit of butterflies about why they're there. Rather than think about that as, oh my gosh, this is terrifying, everybody's freaked out. What you want to do is think about that as a shared feeling that's actually a shared opportunity. Everybody has a chance to meet somebody new. Most people in the room are not walking in and knowing everyone. So that's a great common ground and a good starting point. So with that, I want to encourage you to remember that every time you walk into a room. And whether you love networking, like me, and you get energized and excited, or whether it really freaks you out, you can read the room silently and just keep that in the back of your mind. This is actually representative of a lot of rooms that you've been into. Now, for today, I've been asked to share five good ideas. I'm going to tell you they're not new ideas, they're not original ideas, but I hope they're valuable ideas regardless of how you feel about networking. So here we go. We're going to start with number one. 
I'm going to share my idea and a little story that goes with it. The idea is pretty simple. Focus on what matters to people, not just knowing more people. There's lots of people who are like, oh my gosh, I know everybody in the room. That's not really what effective networking is about. I'm going to take you back a few years to my first job at a university, just to help illustrate this. So when I went to journalism school, my first, first job was at a huge media company. It wasn't CBC. I was a new kid on the block, and it was a big block. There were hundreds of people who worked there. And I remember when you were the new person, the intern, the new staff, especially when you're young and trying to prove yourself, people have different ways of figuring out how to network. And I would say there were three that I saw very commonly. Number one is people who just spray the room, walk into any office, and it's like, hi, how you doing? Hi, I'm Emily. Hi, how you doing? Hi, I'm Emily. Hi, how you doing? We know what that's like, right? You walk into an event and it's just like super speed with the business cards. You're laughing because I know you know what I'm talking about. So that was one. Number two was the people who didn't want everybody, want, didn't want to know everybody. They wanted everybody to know them. You know what I'm talking about. Hi, I'm Emily. Hi, I'm Emily. The people who are real attention seekers in every circumstance, even when it wasn't appropriate. The third one is kind of like the people who are a little bit like this. The way they networked was they only wanted to know the important people, the on-air personalities, the powerful producers. They didn't mingle with us common folk, right? For me, my approach was about thinking about what really mattered. And to me, that was about finding humble, generous people that I could connect with, not because of what we did, but just because we just had good energy and good spirits. The interesting part is, one of the first places that I found those people wasn't in the newsroom at all. Anybody guess where it was? Hey, who said that? In the kitchen, wise woman, in the cafeteria. You can never go wrong with the cafeteria, folks, I tell you. I met a fantastic woman. Let's call her Rhoda. We clicked instantly. Like, she just had such a, a wonderful, warm spirit. And she just had a way of hustling with her team and motivating people to deal with the line and get the food out and crack some jokes. But also, she just had an energy that I could relate to. And I could see her leadership. And I could see her humanity. And I could tell that a lot of other people didn't. She was just the help. We started to get to know each other. Meal after meal, day after day. Even started to connect with each other over breaks, informally. Some time passed, and then there was a breaking news story. A young man, 23 years old, was from Toronto and was down in the United States. He had a basketball, he was uh, on a basketball scholarship in Pittsburgh. And one night, as he was coming out of a party, he was shot. Brain fragments shattered in his brain, he spent an incredible amount of time in rehabilitation in the States. Of course, when you work in a newsroom, when big stories like that happen, you're on the chase, which means you're looking for somebody who can connect you to the story, who can bring you closer, who can give you context. 
everybody, including those three personality types I talked about earlier, was on the chase. And then there was me, new kid on the block, trying to figure out, how can I get the right guest to talk about this story? So guess where I went? Back into the cafeteria. Hey, Miss Rhoda, how you doing? Man, did you hear about this terrible story? Man, I, you know, we're trying to figure out, is there any way we can get this story? Miss Rhoda, being the amazing woman she was, said, I think she was Nigerian, and I won't pretend to do a Nigerian accent, but basically said, guess what? I know this young man's family. I know his mom. Because we had spent some time building that rapport and what didn't seem like networking, Rhoda became the person who didn't just prepare my meals. She helped to prepare this mother for a big news organization to call her. The end of the story is, because of Rhoda, the lady who worked in the cafeteria, who was just awesome, we ended up getting this young man's family, brother and mother, on national television. Meaningful relationships. You never know where, where, when, and how you will find them. Big idea number one. How are we doing? Okay. Number two, don't just ask, give. Think about ways that you can add value all the time. I'm gonna share another little story. About a year ago, there was a huge personality who came to Toronto. Really powerful woman. Can anybody guess who it is? Anybody remember? Michelle Obama, right? That's right, sure, okay, Hillary, but all right. Michelle, uh, okay, leave that right there. Michelle Obama. So for somebody like me, I will say my hashtag for that whole time was black girl magic infinity. Like it was just like rock star came to town. It was amazing. And uh, I'd heard that she was coming to town, economic club, Plan Canada, Ryerson University. It was like the talk of the town. But the tickets were $500. I didn't have $500. I had also heard that there were tickets for young people in the community that there was a, a, a set of subsidized tickets for young people that they could apply to to make sure that emerging leaders could be in the audience. I really wanted to go to Michelle Obama. But more importantly, I really wanted other people who didn't have the kind of access I had to go and see Michelle Obama. I recognized my own privilege. I had had some great opportunities to that point, and I thought, I need to pay this forward. I had met the president of the economic club just once at an event somewhat similar to this, of course, you know how they do, it's swanky, nice hotels and stuff, but a very similar kind of lunchtime gathering is this. And I remember at that event, they were talking about diversity and inclusion. At the end of the event, probably like this event at the end, it's a lot of talking and a lot of activity. And I remember walking up to the president of the economic club and saying, hi, nice to meet you, I'm Emily. I'm so happy to see that you had such a candid conversation about diversity and inclusion with corporate Canada. If there's anything that I can do for you in the future, let me know, I really hope we can collaborate. And that was it. I didn't follow up with her, I didn't email her. This was months before Michelle Obama. But what I did do is start following her on social media signed up for her newsletter, started paying more attention to her programming. 
when Michelle Obama's announcement came out, that gave me the confidence because I know that I was paying attention to her brand to pick up the phone, knees shaking, and call her. Surprise! She picked up her direct line. Ooh. Hi, this is Rhiannon Trail from the Economic Club. I was like, uh, um, hi, I don't know if you remember me, but we met a, of course I remember you. I've been following your stuff on social media. I know all about this How She Hustles thing. Da, 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 da. What can I do? What can I do for you today? What I said to her was pretty much this. Listen, amazing that you're planning this event. I'm sure you have tons of people calling you for free tickets. I'm surprised you even picked up your phone but I'm calling for a very different reason. Do you need any help? And I don't mean help as in can I come and register, although if you need that, I'm happy to do it. But help as in, I heard you speak a couple months ago about inclusion and, and really creating a more inclusive outreach strategy for your organization. Can I be of help now? Because I've got two networks that I think would be really useful for you. One is a group of diverse women, many of them black professional women who could purchase tickets, and two is connections to a lot of incredible women who do frontline work with young people, and I understand young people can apply for free tickets. Do you need help getting the word out? The end of the story? Yes, I got to meet Michelle Obama. She's amazing. And yes, I hugged her, like the queen. I was like, oh my gosh, she's a hugger. She hugged me first. I was like, oh my god. Never washing this blazer. Um, I did get to meet Michelle Obama, but more importantly, because of just that one phone call, we were able to get the word out to over 100 frontline youth workers, and many of the young people in communities across the city applied and were able to attend the event. And even more amazingly, because of this really authentic and giving spirit that we kind of mirrored each other, we were able to arrange a table of 10 for a group of young black women who I felt embodied the kind of leadership our city needed to see. None of those women even knew that this was happening until they got the call that they were getting a seat at the table. So again, I just want to encourage you, sometimes the most powerful things can happen when we start of a, from a place of giving. Third idea. We can give, but especially in this room, I'd imagine there's a lot of people who really hesitate to ask. Am I right? I see some heads nodding. Especially in many of the sectors that you represent. We're often expected to be the, the experts, to always have it together and perfect. And asking sometimes can be misinterpreted as, as a signal of weakness, right? People are going to think, oh, no, they don't have it together. They're not organized. You know, why are you asking? I don't think so. When you ask, I think it's from a wonderful, it's from a wonderful place of strength, humility, and also shows people you can be strong, but also show you don't have all the answers. I'm going to share a little story with you about a project called Her Story in Black. I don't know if anybody's heard about it. Her Story in Black was a project that I created through my network, How She Hustles. And very briefly, How She Hustles is a community that I've been running. We do events in the city, specifically for diverse women, and we also run a pretty vibrant 
kind of online space through my different social platforms like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. So two years ago, I was working at CBC as a communications officer. And I remember Canada was getting really excited for the 150th um, anniversary of, Con of Confederation. Obviously, there was a much bigger dialogue about what that meant. But as the public broadcaster, CBC was getting ready to mark the sesquicentennial. I remember thinking, all of these amazing women who come to How She Hustles events, and they're not all black women, but my core is that demographic. Are they gonna be reflected in our narrative of Canada? What's on the airwaves, radio, television, online? And I wasn't sure. So I decided to build what I wanted to see, and that project became Her Story in Black. It was a digital photo series of 150 black women from all different backgrounds, and these were the women who didn't have the corner office yet. Young women, many of them under 40, who were just at that point where you could see the trajectory of their leadership. And so I wanted to make sure that those women making a difference right here, right now, were being acknowledged. Thank you. This is one of the ladies who is also featured. There's another woman here. Thank you, Karen and Amanda. So what does this have to do with asking? Liz knows I'm bold. So here was my bold way of asking. Instagram, midnight, dun, dun, dun. I created a title for the project, Her Story in Black. I created a graphic. I created a tagline. I knew my concept and I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to photograph 150 women from all kinds of professions and then have each of them share their own story on social media. But here's what I didn't have. No money, no sponsor, no formal team, no venue, no media partner. Here's what I did have, vision determination, faith, and an incredible network that I knew would support me if I stepped out and said, I need help. So that's what I did. Posted my vision on Instagram and I was like, okay, I don't have this, but I have this, and I'm asking for your help. You can only imagine what happened. The response was overwhelming. People loved the idea. So what did I end up with? An incredible team of people in the communities, photographers, videographers, event planners, makeup artists, caterers. People actually helped me crowdfund for the project, put in their own money to make sure that we could hire the photographers, some of them part-time students, so they could be paid for their craft. We were able to get everything we needed to go and pitch CBC. They came on board, which is wonderful. And the end result was this, and I'll share it very quickly so that I can move on, but her story in black became, I think, a transformative project, not just for me, not just for CBC, but for a whole generation of women. Many generations of women, as a matter of fact. The project turned into a one week of dedicated TV coverage. Every day there was a story on CBC News Network. Every day there was a story on Metro Morning, the number one radio show in the city. CBC's The National did stories. They built a microsite. They did a one-hour TV documentary. 
Some of the women were featured in a limited edition book. Some of the women were featured in a national campaign. We hosted a 400-person cocktail gala at CBC. We got a retweet from the Prime Minister to his 3 million followers. That's not bad. But it also sparked spin-off projects. It was scaled up and they found women from across the country and created another project with a similar theme. And even after I left CBC, they created another version of Her Story in Black with younger women. Can you imagine what would have happened if I didn't ask? Think about the projects in your world, in your work, where you just need to ask. Maybe it's colleagues, your professional network. Maybe it's somebody on social media. It's an idea. Think about it. Idea four, go digital. Make connections on social media. It is an incredibly powerful space to be in, especially now. Not everybody has the luxury to come into a room like this in the middle of the day in downtown Toronto, but almost everybody has a device. At least many people do in our city. Not everyone, but many people do, or at least hopefully access to online spaces. So in terms of going digital, I just want to share some points with you that I hope will be helpful. First is the most critical strategy for digital engagement is exactly that, engagement. That means you don't spend all day every day promoting and then you're gone. Hi, I'm Emily Mills and this is what I do and then you're gone. No. What engagement means is you are going to, in very practical ways, take the opportunity to like, comment, and share. It's like those three things, keep that in the back of your mind. Like something that somebody else posted on LinkedIn, Facebook, it could be any platform. Like it. Great. Comment. What do you think? Do you have an opinion? Do you want to congratulate? Do you want to tag somebody else who should know about this? Share. I get no kickback from this, but I just believe in what you're doing. I just think what you're doing is amazing, and I'm going to tell the world, so I'm sharing it. That's a great starting point for engagement. Want to go a little deeper? You might want to think about even the, the content you create. Are you just posting things, or are you asking a question and stimulating a conversation? Can I also say that people like free things? That's a great way to engage. Surprise and delight people. Hey, everyone. Anybody want to join me at XXX? Comment below and I'll pick some lucky person who just needs a great afternoon out that's inspiring. Engage your audience. Use the tool to do more than promotion. In terms of two very practical things I wanted to share with you, when you're going digital and using different platforms, whatever you're using, to network, also think about how you access your digital library, your, your data, all of the information that is connected to your account. Last night, for the first time, I went into both my LinkedIn and my Facebook and downloaded my entire contact list for both accounts. You can Google it. I did. Just Google it. There's uh, instructional videos you can watch on YouTube 
or very easy step-by-step -step websites that can explain what to do. Think about the last time you actually looked through your list and contacted everyone. I'm not suggesting that's what you have to do, but I think it's a great place to start to even know who's in your network. Many people probably forget. Once I downloaded my list, I realized I was part of groups on Facebook that I haven't checked in years. So now that I have all this data at my disposal, including my entire LinkedIn list with names, titles, emails, that's what's available to you. Now I can spend some time to think about the first three points we talked about. Who do I want to make a meaningful connection with? Who can I give something to? And who do I have an ask of? Make sense? All right, last, last, last point. Idea number five. For me, it's really important to step out my, of my comfort zone regularly, to go into rooms, places, and spaces where I really know nobody. So you're probably thinking, okay, well, how do you even know about the places then if you don't know anybody? One of my suggestions is right on your sheets. There's, there's two that I think are, are pretty easy to implement. One is Eventbrite. What a great place to find out an event, about events in the city. It's like, I don't know anyone, I don't know anything about this group, but you can search by categories, you can even search by mood, you can search by date. You can just put in like, today, Frisky, Toronto, click. What's gonna pop up? Okay, let's go, right? It's a great place to find things. You can also uh, search and, and follow a feed. So one of the things that constantly interests me, of course, is uh, events about women, entrepreneurship, and you can actually continue to follow that and see what pops up that's new. And of course, when you register for things, they often have suggestions of what else is like that. I encourage you to really consider taking a closer look at sites like Eventbrite, as well as follow a hashtag. It's an easy way without stepping out of your comfort zone to get in on a conversation. Find a hashtag that interests you. And then find a way to follow that conversation online. I've also included a link on there for Business Insider, 20 tips for networking. There are three that I really wanted to highlight um, as that will help you, I think, step out of your comfort zone. One is make your introductions more interesting. I'm working on this too. People will come up to me, hi, Emily, nice to meet you. What do you do? My answer, the coolest job I have is a mom. I've got a four and five-year-old, they're in JK and SK. You can only imagine what my mornings are like. That's a great conversation starter. People are like, ooh, what is your breakfast routine like? Number two is prepare. Not everybody is an extrovert. Not everybody's comfortable getting up on a microphone like I am. So think about what you may want to say when you walk into a room, especially when you know nobody. Is there something new that you're working on or that you're passionate about or something that's a current affairs issue that everybody's buzzing about? That's a great place to start a conversation. And lastly, if you're doing connections online, think about what I read in this amazing Business Insider um, article, the double opt-in intro. A great way to be a powerful networker is, I'm gonna meet Amanda, let's say at a party for the first time, and then I meet Karen at a party for the first time rather than just introduce them right away, because I think maybe they should know each other, I'm gonna send a private email to Karen and say, hey, I met Amanda. Here's why I think that you should know each other. And I'm gonna send the same thing to Karen. And let's see if they both respond and say, sure, happy to connect. 
You know what that makes you look like? You've just become a great asset to two people as opposed to becoming the self-promotional person to one. So the five good ideas that I wanted to just recap with you today as they're on the form. But I hope that uh, my sharing with you to you uh, was useful to underscore focus on people and what matters to them and having meaningful relationships with people as opposed to just knowing a ton. That's one. Number two, don't forget, give. Number three, don't be afraid to ask. It's a great way. People love to help. Great way to build your network. Four, use digital and social as much as you can. And lastly, step out of your comfort zone. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to 5 Good Ideas with Emily Mills. We link to Emily's 5 Good Ideas, her resources, and a full transcript of today's session in our show notes. You can find all of our 5 Good Ideas sessions from past seasons on the Maitri website at maitri.com forward slash 5-good-ideas. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast to continue to listen to our best sessions. See you next time.